Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of The Lineout. I'm actually dividing this uh, week's edition into two installments. The first installment, this one, we'll be looking at the uh, start of the uh, Bledisloe Cup series between Australia and New Zealand, and as a result, the run-up and lead-in into the this year's rugby championship, which will see all four countries, South Africa, Argentina, Australia, and New Zealand, contesting it, unlike last year, where which was just Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina. And then, obviously, the big talking point will be uh, the second uh, of these two podcasts, which we talk about, the Lions Springbok uh, Series Decider in Cape Town tomorrow afternoon. But let's uh, start off with looking at Bledisloe Cup action tomorrow morning in the wee hours here in uh, Canada, if you're catching it over on TSN on their bonus streaming schedule, and it will be available later uh on demand in case uh, you just don't have enough coffee to get you up at 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern this morning. Not so bad if you're on the Pacific, uh, on the west side, the west coast, uh, you'll be able to catch that at uh, midnight. But anyway, New Zealand and Australia, one of uh, rugby's most uh, contested rivalries, uh, gets underway again this year with the first of three Bledisloe Cup matches being played. Uh, the first two will be played uh, due to COVID restrictions in, on travel uh, between the two countries. Uh, will be played in front of crowds, but the first two matches will be played in Eden Park with the final test at the end of the month to be played uh, back in Australia in Perth. So tomorrow, Eden Park. Uh, the legends around uh, Eden Park and the All Black success on that ground um, are huge. Uh, suffice to say that uh, New Zealand simply doesn't lose there. Uh, the last time they, less, uh, they lost there was to France in 1994, and the last time they lost there to the uh, Wallabies was in 1986. So, yeah, uh, since 1921 and almost 100 test matches played, they've only lost 10 of them. So Eden Park is definitely a fortress for the All Blacks, and... Uh, it's very hard to see anybody getting past them on that ground. And for Australia especially, um, they had a good test against France, uh, ironically the last country to beat the All Blacks at Eden Park. But um, is it good enough to, to get them past uh, the All Blacks at Eden Park? That's a big question mark. And to be honest, the form book would seem to indicate no. Um, but, you know, Australia are coming into this series on the back of, of, of a series win over France, albeit by the narrowest of margins and hotly contested. Uh, whereas New Zealand's three summer tests, the first one against uh, Tonga, which in, for all intents and purposes was a, a non-event. Um, but the two following tests against Fiji, New Zealand got pushed, but ultimately they still came away comfortable winners. So you'd, you'd have to argue that... Uh, in terms of quality opposition, perhaps, uh, Australia is slightly the more match-hardened of the two. Um, but still, to, to, to come out and beat the All Blacks at Eden Park, that's a pretty tall ask. And the side that Australia has put together are pretty young and pretty inexperienced, whereas there's certainly more than enough season heads on, on the All Blacks side to, to get the job done. So having a look at the lineout, uh, sorry, the lineups, uh, interesting for New Zealand, pretty experienced front row, uh, should, uh, 
should be able to uh, deal with what Australia has. Although I would say that Australia's front row is one of the strongest components of the side that they're fielding tomorrow. But uh, for New Zealand, you got George Bauer, who I, I've got to admit, um, I don't know a great deal about. Uh, he plays for the Crusaders, where he's been on form uh, in Super Rugby. But he's alongside Cody Taylor, who needs no introduction at Hooker, and Nipo uh, Laulala. Uh, both of those guys have got enough, uh, enough experience behind them that uh, whatever shortcomings Bauer may have in terms of uh, test caps, the other two will make up for it. And it's, it's a strong scrummaging platform. The second row sees the return of Brody Ritalik um, from a steel uh, stint with the Kobe Steelers in Japan. A few question marks as to whether Ritalik is, is at, in top form right now. Um, jury's out on that one. I guess we'll, we'll find out uh, tomorrow morning. But, um, you know, that combination, Ritalik and Whitelock, there's so much experience there. There's so much class. Um, and it's pretty hard to see a much more inexperienced Australian duo getting the better of them. Um you know, as I say, Ritalix is world-class um, and he never really seems to dip in form for very long. And he played well in Japan. Um, so it'll be interesting to see him back in the old black fold. Um, maybe a little bit of rustiness there at test level, but I, I, don't, I don't think for very long and uh, expect big things from him tomorrow. And Whitelock, who captains the side tomorrow, well... You know what, at least 122 test caps. He doesn't really need any introduction. And experience-wise, well, you couldn't ask for better. The back row is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Although, once again, I think New Zealand have the edge. Um, Akira Ioani and Dalton Papali. Uh, new caps, relatively. Um, they got a little bit of uh, time in the All Blacks machine, but very little compared to uh, Artie Sevilla, who comes in at number eight. Um, so yeah, two two relatively new All Blacks alongside Artie Sevilla, who uh, been there, done that more than more than uh, more than once for sure. That's that's saying something. So it looks like a good back row. Papali has been outstanding for the Blues, and uh, as has uh, Ioanni. Uh, two very dynamic, very very exciting players, uh, explosive in the loose, and. We all know that Sevilla is a one-man wrecking ball who it, he's almost impossible to stop. So a very, very powerful um, New Zealand back row going up against a quality Australian back row, which we'll talk about in a minute, albeit slightly less experienced and perhaps uh, slightly less in the polish than less on the polish than uh, their all black counterparts. In the halfbacks, uh, we see Aaron Smith and Richie Moanga. Uh, Aaron Smith uh, marks his 100th cap tomorrow. Um, just as an all-black staple. Uh, solid, reliable, very capable, very adaptable. Kind of reads the game better than almost anybody in the modern game. With, um, and arguably probably the, the best nine out there right now with possibly Francis Antoine Dupont um, giving him a run for his money. But in terms of experience, it, it doesn't get much better than, than Smith. 
paired alongside uh, Richie Mwango, who just gets better and better every year. Uh, All Blacks coach Ian Foster has chosen uh, Mwango over Bowden Barrett. Uh, Barrett finds himself on the bench. Um, so, be interesting to see, but uh, it's it's a solid partnership against a very, very inexperienced Wallaby uh, partnership. So, you know, barring some small miracles, given the Eden Park factor, it's pretty hard to see that one going any any other way than in the All Blacks' favor. Uh, in the centers, you've got David uh, Havili and Anton Leonard-Brown uh, going up against a very uh, exciting Australian offering. But uh, certainly Havili's on form, and uh, Anton Leonard-Brown, he is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the All Blacks' uh, best of the last couple of years, and a very underrated player, I always feel, uh, slightly underappreciated. Uh, by New Zealand management, but he's certainly come into his own in the last year, and uh, he impressed. Very, very uh, quick on his feet, good, uh, good read of the game, explosive ball carrier. Um, defensively, he's got a hell of a lot better in the last two years, and Havili is a powerhouse. Um, so yeah, again, hard. Despite the excitement factor of the Wallaby duo, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, of uh, Noah Lolasio, uh, correction, sorry, Hunter Paisani and Len Ikatao, uh, and New Zealand should have the edge there again. In the back, uh, the back three, New Zealand's gone with Reiko Ioani, um, Sevo Reese, and Damian McKenzie, fullback. So on the wings, Reese and Ioani. Um, yeah. Interesting there, I think. Ioanni has been on form for the Blues um, in Super Rugby. There is absolutely no question. But I can't help feeling that since the last World Cup, he just hasn't quite been there at test level. Um, he hasn't made the impact he, he made leading up to the last World Cup. I don't know what that's down to, whether it's... it's but he just doesn't seem to be able to translate his, his, his Super Rugby form to the test arena. Um, you know, he looked impressive against Fiji, make no mistake. Um, he's clearly an extremely potent weapon, and maybe this will be the year that he, he, he finds some of that form he had leading into the last World Cup. Um, very exciting uh, matchup there with him and Australia's uh, Jordan Pattaya, who we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, that's going to be one of the contests of the afternoon, no questions asked. Severis, um Looking good. Uh, very, very explosive wing. Uh, he's got much better defensively. He's much better tackler. So, again, New Zealand's playing with some very strong stocks there. And wonder kid Damien McKenzie at fullback. Um, we all know what he can do. He's, he's just Mr. Excitement, Mr. Unpredictable. Uh, and his ability to counterattack from deep is probably one of the best in the modern game right now. He's not the biggest man on the field by a huge margin, um, but uh, doesn't seem to phase him. Uh, he he is afraid of nothing. Uh, tackles like a demon. Uh, defensively, still some question marks, but it's not for the want of effort. Uh, and on attack, wow, what a playmaker. So, yeah, uh, exciting to see there and you know the interplay between him and uh 
Richie Moanga can really set some set off some sparks. So uh, watch that one. That's going to be very exciting. And it's a very very strong weapon in in New Zealand's arsenal. On the bench, uh, solid front row replacements: uh, Dane Coles at hooker, uh, King Carl Tuakanafi. To I can never pronounce his last name. I I I, I apologize, but uh, Tunakafi, King Carl, as they they know him, uh, great player, uh, solid, reliable. Um, Brings plenty of X factor as well. Angus Taval, don't know too much about him. Uh, again, he's uh, you know he's he's looked good with the Chiefs, um, so should be able to deliver. Uh, and then in the uh, we got Scott Barrett. All three Barrett brothers uh, are appearing uh, not in the starting fifteen, but on the bench. So you got Scott Barrett uh, providing second row cover. Again, solid player. No introduction necessary. Brad Weber, uh, sorry, Luke Jacobson. Uh, he's a player I am excited to see. I don't know much about him, uh, but I've heard lots of good things about him at the Chiefs. So, yeah, great back row replacement there and an exciting player. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. And then uh, Brad Weber at Scrum Half. Again, uh, an exciting player. Uh, for the Chiefs, um, so look forward to seeing him in action, and I think he's definitely on the radar for uh, New Zealand long term. And then lastly, the Bowden, uh, Bowden, Bowden Barrett and uh, Jordy Barrett, so the Barrett brothers uh, filling the last two slots on the bench. Bowden Barrett, uh, he can slot easily into either uh, the fly half position or fullback, most likely with the uh, his brother Jordy on the bench. It'll be Jordy going to fullback to replace McKenzie and and uh, Barrett going to fly half to replace Manga. But again, um, you know the old uh, Jordy, uh, massive boot on him, and Barrett again, versatile player who reads the game probably better than anybody in the modern game these days. So yeah, it's a potent strike weapon uh, from both the the Barrett brothers in the back there. Australia. Um, on paper, you'd probably argue the the uh, the All Black uh, front row, but I like the look of that Australian front row. I thought they acquitted themselves very well against France. So you got James Slimmer, Brendan Payne, Mosa Hooker, who I thought against France had a superb series, and Alan Alatoa, who also put in a very solid effort against Le Bleu. So that's a capable Australian front row, make no mistake, um, and expect them to, to hold their own. Uh, in the second rows, though, I, I do think it's, uh, it's pedigree versus the unknown. Uh, Ritalik and Whitelock for the All Blacks up against Darcy Swain and Luke and Salaka Lotto. Again, two players who I thought did really, really well, uh, despite their lack of experience. Uh, in the test series against France, particularly uh, Salaka Aloto. But, but Swain in that third test, really, I noticed him. He stood out. So I think New Zealand will easily get the better of the two, but uh, it'll be a great opportunity for them to learn under uh, the most intense pressure they can get. And they've shown that they, they have the goods. They just need refining. In the back row, Rob Valentini, Michael Hooper, Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson at eight and Valentini and Hooper on the flanks. Hooper is always captains, and 
you know, he got criticized a fair bit in the French series for some rather poor decision making at times, um, which I tend to agree with. He often turned down some easy points on offer by kicking for the corner, opting to kick uh, for the corner. Be interesting to see if he learned the error of his ways in that respect, because that's especially at a place like Eden Park, you take the points on offer. You don't mess with that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of game we get out of Hooper. But, you know, he's always there. His, he's working his, his, his rear off. He's, you know, inspiring his charges. He's a good captain, even if, if uh, as we saw in the French series, that decision-making was uh, not the best of times. But I'm sure it'll be better tomorrow. Valentini, we need Australia need a big game from him, uh, a really big game. You know, at, at Super Rugby level, he was one of the few things to get excited about uh, for Australia this year. I mean, just show stopping tackles, uh, run into Valentini, and it's over. Um, you're going nowhere. So Australia needs lots of that kind of trademark big hit, um, show stopping tackle that he can put in. We didn't really see it as much as as I thought we would in the French series, so it's really it's the onus is really on Valentini to step up. And I thought also Harry Wilson at number eight, uh, he really impressed last year in the rugby championship, but I felt he just didn't seem to be on song against France, and uh, he needs to make a big step up uh, tomorrow. Um, because he's a quality player. He's definitely one of Australia's most exciting finds in the last 12 months, and he needs to put that on display tomorrow. It'll be tough for them to get the better of that New Zealand uh, back row, but, you know, again, great learning experience heading into the rugby championship, which they should be able to build on. Uh, at the halfback department, it's green, green, green. Tate McDermott really impressed me against France at scrum half. He is uh, an exciting player uh, for Australia. I'm, I'm pleased to see that um, they've decided to start him as unlike in the French series where they chose to go with uh, Jake Gordon, who I thought did not have a good series against France. So it's good to see McDermott get uh, get the nod for uh, the start against New Zealand. I think he is the way forward for Australia. Um, and I think he's going to really, really uh, come out of his shell uh, this this uh, Bledisloe and Rugby Championship series. I think you're going to see big things from him. Noah Lolisio, again, very inexperienced, but really impressed against France. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's potential for the future, but against the French, he's going to be out of his depth. Not not so. Um, you know, he uh, he really impressed me. Um, is he a match for Moenga? Not in the month of Sundays. But uh, again, Tomorrow's game will be huge experience to hopefully build a platform using him for the rest of the Blood is Low and Rugby Championship Series. In the centers, Hunter Paisami and Len Ikatao. Again, they're up against some real New Zealand pedigree there. But again, against France, they impressed. Um, uh, Paisami particularly, he's a physical, uh, very powerful player. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Australia need make no apologies there, despite the lack of experience of the two. They'll they'll be sparky and they'll be competitive. Um, it's unlikely they'll get the better of uh, of Ely and Leonard Brown, but uh, I think it'd be safe to say they'll give it a good college try. 
And then the back three, um, this is where I'm really excited. Jordan Pattaya um, up against Ioanni, Rico Ioanni. I really rate uh, Pattaya. I think he is the next big thing for Australia. Um, very definitely. Um, he's a courageous player. He thinks quickly on his feet. He's a ferocious tackler. I'd actually argue he's better in defense than Ioanni. Uh, despite his lack of experience, he's just real quality, and he uh, he's very very gifted with ball in hand. Uh, he's ferocious. He's uh, he's fearless. Uh, very very exciting player to watch. Can't wait to see him in action tomorrow. And that contest between him and Yuani is uh, well worth the price of admission. Andrew Kellaway, uh, I have to confess, I know little or nothing about. Uh, Rebels, winger, uh, I guess Coach Dave Reddy sees something in him, but uh, let's face it, the Rebels didn't exactly uh, set the world alight uh, this Super Rugby campaign. So good luck to him uh, in coping with uh, Mr. Dynamism, New Zealand's Severis, but we'll see how he gets on. And then in, uh, at fullback, Tom Banks. I think Tom Banks is a real quality player, but somehow the French series didn't really put him in a particularly good light. He just looked too unsure of himself a lot for me, and I didn't see a lot of what I think we all know he's capable of, um, having watched him with the Brumbies. He's a good player. Um, he's really good under the high ball. Uh, he's good at, at making some good run meters, but somehow it just, it, he, he, I don't know, he just didn't show up really in the French series. He, he was there and he was very visible, but his execution was a bit off and he just wasn't getting the kind of space and opportunity that he seemed to thrive on in, in super rugby. So it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on. Again, he's up against one of the best in the world and one of the world's most unpredictable fullbacks, Damian McKenzie. So, yeah, he's going to have to have his thinking cap on on, uh, on uh, Saturday. And uh, you definitely do not want to be giving uh, easy ball to, to McKenzie. So ball security and uh, being judicious with the boot will definitely be something that, uh, that Banks is going to have to figure into his game plan tomorrow. And then uh, on the bench, uh, again, the, the front row offering for Australia as the replacements, um, I think is going to come short against New Zealand. Uh, Jordan Lacey, uh, Angus Bell, but they have got Taniela Tupo, the Tongan Thor, who had a monster of a series against France and was probably their best impact player. So... While overall, that replacement front row may not get the better of New Zealand, expect big things from Tupo. He is going to make life very difficult for New Zealand. Um, Matthew Phillip in the second row didn't really shine in the series against France. Um, there were glimmers of, of what he can do, but didn't really see it to the full. Fraser McWright, uh, interesting there for the Reds. I thought he had a really good Super Rugby campaign, um, despite Australia's overall woes in the competition. So I think he uh, he will be somebody to watch, especially up against uh, Luke Jacobson, New Zealand's replacement uh, back, back rower. 
So some excitement there. And then uh, Jake Gordon comes in uh, off the bench, a scrum half. I'm sorry, lots of noise about him. I saw nothing in the series against France that made me think he's the way forward. I'm hoping we might see something tomorrow that may convince me otherwise. But right now, yeah, uh, I think Australia are slightly limited in their options there. And I guess he's the best they've got. Uh, Matt Tamua, uh, he had a good uh, good campaign, I thought, in Super Rugby and uh, was relatively effective against France. And lastly, Reese Hodge um, as a utility back. I mean, he can pretty, way, pretty well play his way across most parts of the park. Um, and he has that legendary monster boot on him. Uh, we didn't see that much of him really in the French series. He played off the bench for pretty well all of it. Um, and by his standards, a relatively quiet tournament, but uh, he's a solid player. We know what he can do. Uh, he didn't exactly set the world alight for the Rebels in Super Rugby, but you know, at a, a test level, he's a bit of a different commodity and uh, somebody you'd want on your bench if not starting. So be interesting to see what kind of performance he puts in, uh, especially up against Jordy Barrett, if Jordy Barrett takes the, the fullback slot when he comes off the bench. So there you have it. Uh, an interesting test tomorrow. No, no question about that. And... Uh, Hopefully, especially given all the controversy surrounding the Lions tour, uh, we're going to get back to uh, business as usual in terms of international test rugby with the start of the blood is low and uh, the rugby championship. So lots to look forward to. Very hard to see New Zealand coming unstuck at Eden Park against this relatively inexperienced uh, Wallaby side. But who knows, you know? Uh, chance, is a, chance is a fine thing. And... Uh, it's been interesting the last couple of years, Australia have actually surprised us a little bit uh, in at least one of the, of the Blood is Low matches. Uh, often not the first one, but it, it has happened. So, so let's see. I'm not, not to the point where they get the win, but I think expect them to be a lot more competitive than uh, at the moment. Everybody seems to be writing them off as it, it's a, it's a new New Zealand one horse show. So I, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be there and who knows, maybe, maybe the, the French series has, has put some fire in their belly and, and given them that edge that uh, New Zealand hasn't quite found so far this year in terms of who they've been up against. So we'll see lots to look forward to should be a great game and uh, definitely time for rugby to do the talking. So enjoy it. And we'll be back in a few minutes with our look at tomorrow's Lions Springbok Series Decider. Take care, everyone, and enjoy the match tomorrow.